0: You know what I hate? Boxes. That's something I have run from my entire life, cause y'all... None of us are meant to live within a box. I am a woman of many facets, loving things from business to relationships to health and wholeness and faith, and that's what you're going to get here. Uh, I'd like to thank you for joining me on the Rebecca Danny Show. I like to say I am a black and bougie believer giving you some real honest talk on life. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Rebecca Danny Show. Um, This past month, we have been focusing on the subject of mindsets um, and just diving into specific things like the subconscious, like abundance mindset, like uh, breaking limiting beliefs. And today I have another guest with me, which I'm really excited about this person being here. Um, she is also a mindset coach. Um, she focuses a lot on helping people and I, You can tell me if I'm actually saying this right, but (laughs) she focuses a lot on helping people with even walking through specific traumas and limiting beliefs and all that kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to dive into some specific things, tools that are going to help you guys with continuing to walk out how to renew your mind, how to actually break different mindsets and patterns and cycles and things that you guys are walking through and all of that stuff, how to evaluate those things. And we're going to tell a little bit of personal stories and all that stuff. So, um, I want to give her a little moment. To tell us a little bit about her. Um, you guys, welcome, Ecclesia Miller. I was about to say you're, <laughs> you're made there. <laughs> it's
1: still new <laughs> hi everyone my name is Ecclesia Miller as Becca said I'm so honored that Becca would even ask me to do this I so look up to her as I'm sure most of you who are listening do as well um yeah I am a mindset coach and consultant I literally started my coaching business in March so in right in the beginning of the pandemic that's when I'm uh, started coaching part time, and now I've gone into full time coaching. I married a year and five months to John. Y'all can find him; he's also a coach. Um, and yeah, that's that's the story of my life. I'm married, <laughs> and I'm a coach. Amen. <laughs> no, um, I think one thing to note is that coaching for me has kind of been a lifestyle mm-hmm. well before I was a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I've that. always been that friend who, you know, I'm like, okay, girl, what do you need to do? Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Sounds like that's a lie. Like you're believing wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have such a high value for telling the truth and knowing the truth. Yeah. Um, and that's really the, the groundwork of what, um, I do is truth. Um, because I think it's so powerful Yeah. when you know the truth, it really does set you free. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's me. I love... I'm an Enneagram (laughs) 9.
0: Did I say Enneagram? Y'all know (laughs) I love talking about the Enneagram. Ecclesia and her husband, John, and a couple other people are some of the main people we, like, dive into this subject on. And we'll just go on and on talking about Enneagram.
1: Literally. (laughs) I'm an Enneagram 9, so I am a peacemaker. So that's how you know, like, literally, that's my personality. Mm. I'm super chill. Um... I love sleep. Like all those things are very true about me. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I love, I love God. I'm also a believer. I love food. I love an experience, all of those things. (laughs) So yeah, that's me. And yeah, I'm honored to talk about today, talking about mindsets that are kind of deeply rooted. Mm -hmm. And as I've been thinking about this a little bit more, I've been realizing that a lot of the deep seated mindsets that most of us experience are due to childhood they're yeah. due to which most of our life is like we're all living out our childhoods again, you Basically. know <laughs> um and and healing our and letting ourselves be healed from things that happened in our childhood um but yeah, like the things that are deep seated that are sometimes more difficult mindsets to. Mm-hmm get rid of, yeah. those tend to be placed there by our moms, our dads, our guardians, whoever those uh, people may be for you. I know I was raised by my grandparents, so I know not everyone is raised by their parents. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like, it's so important to know that. Like, it gives you power when you know, like, you know, actually, I was modeled and taught that conflict was not good. Yeah. You know, and now if I know that that was taught to me, I know now it's not true Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I'm having a hard time breaking that Mm -hmm. because it's all I've ever seen. So now you have to get a little bit more intentional about breaking that mindset because it's really deep seated because yeah. you've never seen anything else, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah. What would you say Becca? Yeah.
0: I think so when, when me and Ecclesia were talking about, you know, what to even discuss together, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, what are some things that we can go over? What are some tools that we can give people? How can we help them walk out these things? Um, and to step into change. I mean, I think that is 100%. really the goal is like to step into change, step into you being able to live out more of who you actually are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, The idea of deep-seated mindsets, like I think of them as strongholds, like the things and like Ecclesia said, they're the things that are like the things you learn as a child because there's mindsets that we pick up on the way, you know, and the things we learn like randomly in our like teenage years or, you know, we're in college or whatever, but there's these certain mindsets that are, they're like your foundational programming Mm -hmm. and they're like the things that are really Running your life, and they're like the things that you're like pulling, you know, decisions from when mm-hmm. you walk out life in your day to day operations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I think of the deep seated mindsets, are a lot of times attached to trauma, um, yep. and a lot of times attached to experiences that we had when we were in between that age bracket of zero to 10 years pretty yep. much our very, very like formative years. And I think sometimes those are the ones that we get the most frustrated about. Yes. Those are the ones that we almost feel the most defeated over mm-hmm. um, because it, we're constantly, these are the cycles. These are the right. ones where you're like, my whole life I've been going around this same mountain. Mm-hmm. What the heck? Like, why am I still experiencing this? And it and it can be really frustrating. I'm even thinking of times where I've been walking through certain certain mindsets and, mm-hmm. and, cycles and traumas that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I've been addressing this for the last decade or more. And I'm yeah. like, why is this thing still here? Um, but like you were saying, I think this is the area where we have to give ourselves a lot of grace um, and a lot of compassion, mm-hmm. and I think we have a hard time with that because it's like the idea of, like, I, I try to explain to people, like, speak to yourself like you would a child. Um, Same, and I'll, I use that too. Yeah, and like... And it's one of those things where I'm like, we have a hard time seeing ourselves as that vulnerable child. Like when we see children and we see them, you know, learning how to walk, we're like celebrating the one step. We're like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, you took a step. Like, good job. But like with ourselves, it's like, oh my gosh, figure it out. And we can be so harsh and just very quick to be like, oh, you're, you know, whatever, call ourselves different things. Yeah. And yeah, these are the mindsets that, we have to have so much grace and so much love and compassion in the process of learning and celebration. Mm -hmm. It's a very huge part of this. Huge. Um, yeah. So I think, I think even I do well when I hear stories,
2: (laughs) when I hear like
0: practical (laughs) stories, because I I feel like we can talk about concepts all day and we can talk about these ideas of different things. But when you hear like a story and you're like, It sticks, Wow, that is like something I'm going through or whatever. So Mm -hmm. are there any, like, I mean, I'm sure there are. I have 150. Yes. So So tell us a little bit about, like, maybe something like this that you walked on your own personal life. Yeah, I
1: actually have a story coming to mind um, that's happened in the last, I would say, in the last year, maybe Mm -hmm. year and a half, early on in my marriage. Mm -hmm. So first off, marriage is... Probably the most triggering thing you'll ever do, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's in trigger. I say that not in a bad way. I say that in um triggers for me and my mindset is that um, healing is available. Yeah. So if I'm triggered, it's a sign that God wants to heal me somewhere else. Um, and so, anyways, early on in my marriage, I would say maybe six months in. I started to notice that when my husband left for work, he was working some weird hours at that time.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I would feel so abandoned. Like, even though I knew he was coming back, I knew, like, you know, he's going to work, he'll be back. I would even have visions of something happening to him. And I was just like, you know, didn't know what to do with that. Like, what's happening? You know, I've never... I'm the type of person where I have one of my growth opportunities, I'll say this, is to learn to connect with people mm-hmm. in a a secure attachment, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Because growing up, I didn't have a lot of secure attachments. Mm-hmm. And so now in my adult life, it's similar. I have to fight for secure great attachments, mm-hmm. friendships, even with my husband. Mm-hmm. I have to fight for those things because I was never taught to do that well. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, during this time, I was just noticing, like, how my body was reacting. Like, oh, man, like, I'm really, like, feeling lonely, abandoned, neglected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed when my husband was getting ready to leave, I would literally become like a little child. I would literally be like, No,
2: don't leave,
1: like hanging on to him, joking, like masking my feelings with a joke. Yeah. But realizing, no, I actually feel that way.
2: Yeah.
1: I actually feel like you're gonna walk out of the door and I'm not gonna see you again. Like that's the pain yeah. that is coming up. And so I realized, man, I am super triggered by this. Um, and luckily, I was, um, I don't know if it was then or maybe a couple months later, I started seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. And um, she helped me walk through, like, oh, this is your younger self feeling all the feelings of what was happening in, in your childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, when I found this out, it gave me so much power Yeah. because then I I was able to have compassion in that moment on myself because I was judging myself hardcore. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, get it together. Like Ecclesia, like you, you don't, you don't need nobody but God in this life. You know, (laughs) like I'm like trying to talk to myself, slapping myself in my mind being like girl, get it together. You know? And um, this actually gave me this tenderness towards myself of Mm -hmm. like, Ecclesia, this is hard. This is what you've experienced in your life over and over again. And this is why you don't invest in people. This is why people think you're invested in them and you're invested in them for their sake. Mm -hmm. But really, you don't want to love them. Because if you love them... Then when they leave, it's too much. Yeah. It's too hard. Yeah. And so when this came to light again, I just was like, wow. Like, wow. When I actually realized that this is not new, Mm -hmm. you know, like this has been happening. You don't allow it to happen, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, but it's happened. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Um, I was then able to, on a practical note, I was then able to, when those moments happen now, I remind myself that no one's leaving me Mm -hmm. and I'm connected and people love me and um, I've also experienced a ton of death. And so I also have to remind myself, I have to think eternally. For me, that helps. There are lots of different Ways of anyone who's dealt with death is traumatic experience every time when it's someone you love and are connected to Mm -hmm. and I've had three major huge traumatic deaths in my life 29 years Um, and so I have to remind myself that no matter what comes in this life I'm safe God's good Mm -hmm. and even in grief, mm-hmm. in the worst moments of on this side of heaven, I'll be comforted by God. And so that brings me peace, you yeah. know. And also on a practical side, I just remind myself that um, that no matter what happens, God is looking to bring good to me. Yeah. You know, because in those moments, really what's happening is this question, this huge question of like, Mm -hmm. is everything going to be taken away? Yeah. Is everything that I love, is something out there to get me? You know, um, these are real, like, oh yeah. You know, feelings that I think so many people, so many people, so many of us have that we don't really talk about, you know. Because or not it's, even aware that it's happening. Or not even aware that it's happening, for sure. And so anyways, all of that to say, um, it's it's very important for me to remember.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: More than anything, mm-hmm. I would say this is the point of affirmations. This is the point of um just speaking to my younger self, which is a tool that I love to use. It's all to remember the truth.
2: Yeah.
1: It's all to remind myself, okay, this felt like this, but it's not that.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: If that makes sense. And it's all to bring myself um, into awareness and into alignment of what is really true right now? Cause this doesn't feel <clears throat> yeah. like what it's supposed to be, you know? And yeah. so, yeah, I would say that's one of, that's been one of my big journeys and breakthroughs that mm-hmm. I've experienced because I think for me, I'm typically like, I love truth. Again, like I said, I'm, I'm typically like going after mindsets, but it's these big ones, you know? you know that the ones really that just
0: bring you back to that, that
1: child version back <laughs> and, and you're like ooh mindset coach who I don't know I feel you on that and I'm just like wow like I need you know I was talking to someone the other day and I was like thriving takes a team I'm convinced Oh, that is a
0: word
1: if you want to thrive in this life you need a coach a counselor you need a spa you need a lot. You need a nail lady. <laughs> you need a nail lady. You need all of it, honey. It takes. It takes money. It takes investment.
0: Oh, it takes. If you we could thrive, do a whole episode on that <laughs> thriving.
1: Listen, <laughs> if you want to be healed and you want the life you want to live, it don't come for free. That's oh, all I'm it is,
0: saying. I like one of the things that I say pretty often is change and growth is very inconvenient. Because mm. it requires such, it, it requires investment. It requires intentionality, all that stuff. There was a couple different things that you said that I was like, oh, that's so good. Um, and then, and then when you're talking about mindset coach, who, I'm like, there are moments that I'm like, dang, I gotta use that same tool on me. <laughs> I'm like that tool that I was just talking to my client about. Dang, I got to walk through. Okay, get your journal out. (laughs) Then I walk myself through the tools because seriously, there's moments where you just get triggered and you're like, literally this happened to me the other day. And I was like, Becca, you know these tools. (laughs) You know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I was in this like what I call a triggered state. And I was like thinking from that place. And I was like trying to even make decisions from that place. And I was like, I was like, okay, Becca. And then it came back to me, hey, this is something you walk your clients through. Mm-hmm. And I literally had to like refer to myself yes. as I was speaking to someone else. And I was like, okay, now what do you usually tell them to do? And mm-hmm. I was like, and I had to walk myself through this process of getting out of this triggered state yeah. and actually being able to communicate what I needed what I, like, what was going on, all that kind of stuff. It's crazy. I mean, yep. y'all, it don't matter where you at, any level of healing, True. how far you've been, how old you are. There are just moments when you get triggered and you're like, I have to I have to go back to the basics.
1: Yes, ma'am.
0: You know? Mm-hmm. But there was a couple things you said. So one of them was you said uh, growth opportunities. And I was like, oh, I love that. I love that phrasing because mm-hmm. it's like sometimes we can see, like, Triggers as such a negative thing. And I think a lot of times they do bring up negative emotions. Right. But I'm like, there is such an opportunity for growth when you're triggered and i think even 100%. in conflict and and i i have the same thought process when i think of like confrontation mm-hmm. because yeah. it's like confrontation and conflict is like such a beautiful opportunity for deeper connection mm-hmm. such a beautiful opportunity for like a greater level of intimacy in relationships yeah. and and like thinking of triggers in that same way is like it's just really helpful i love that that you said that yeah and then there was one other thing um Oh, don't slip my mind. <laughs> Come back. Come back. <laughs> there was like something else he said, and I was like, oh, that's so good. Man, y'all, I hate when that happens. I, I it was right there. I know.
1: It happens to the best
0: of us. <laughs>
1: it's okay because I said
0: it. You did say it. You, it, is, it. It is recorded. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if it comes back, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it. But, yeah, no, it's funny how relationships are – I feel like one of the, like, biggest areas of bringing up triggers. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just feel like, and I don't know, I'm speaking from my own story, but I know I've had a lot of, like, relational trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of triggers come up in relationships. And, and even when you were telling that story, I was like, that's so funny because for me, like that, that would be one of the main things. Like I share a lot about different mindsets and stuff that came from like money or like me believing I can be successful or all of that stuff. But relationships, mm-hmm. whoo, this was a year of focusing on relationships and mm-hmm. growing in the area of recognizing what is available to me in that area. Yeah. and what is possible for me? Yeah. And breaking that like I started learning about attachment theory and having an anxious attachment style or having an avoidant attachment style or, you know, the areas where I'm like, "Oh, I've learned how to be secure there." Or, you know, and it, and I've I've been aware of that and I've as I've been recognizing it this year, there's been specific moments where being around certain people, I'm like, "Why did I react that way? Why did I respond in that way. And right. you know, the moment that something's off when you're asking yourself, Becca, what are you doing? <laughs> what? Why did you just do that? And you're confused at your own actions or your own response. You're like, um, mm-hmm. where did that come from? Like who, and that's the moment. If you're aware, you can actually look at it and be like, um, okay, there might be something here <laughs> because right. for you to even ask yourself, what was that? means you weren't in control in that area. Right. Something else was operating, not your full adult self who's empowered and who's there. Oh, that's what it was that you said. (laughs) It always comes back. (laughs) You said that when you recognize, it was something about you recognize what was happening in that moment and you were given power in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I wanted to pinpoint that because I, I do think that is so important when you recognize and become aware of the traumas and the triggers and all that stuff, the thing that gets to happen is you actually gain power. You become empowered. I actually have been so fascinated with diving into this word empowered Mm -hmm. because I feel like this year I've gotten a new revelation of what that means. I'm like, Oh, when we say like what it looks like to walk in power, it's actually what it looks like to walk in fullness of health, to walk in fullness and awareness of, the different areas of your life, recognizing what is true, what is available, what's yeah. possible. Yeah. Like that's what it looks like to walk in power and to be in your full empowered self. Come on. And I just think that that's so good. Y'all, I say this all the time, but y'all are powerful. <laughs> you are so powerful. You are so powerful. So anyways, going back to some things that I recognize over the summer, it had to do with relationships and it had to do with recognizing, oh, there's something that happens when I am just initially meeting someone and there's almost like that. And it doesn't happen with everybody. It only happens with people that I'm like, Ooh, I actually want to be in their lives. Like I I actually want relationship with them. And there's like this gap, like this period of Mm -hmm. getting to know them in the beginning that feels so full of anxiety. Yeah. And it can feel like, what? I just don't know where we're at. And I feel like I need like constant DTRs and like all this different stuff in it. And mm-hmm. I started recognizing this year, like Becca, why do you need that stuff? Like, what is actually going on here? Yeah. And then I realized it was because there was such an awareness of, well, or did they text me back or, or did I say something wrong or, and there's just a high, heightened sense of awareness of even actions, tone of voice And I'm a pretty sensitive person. I don't know if you know what, like, a highly sensitive person is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm one of those. (laughs) (laughs) So I I sense everything. Um, But it was, like, more heightened because of this attachment style that I learned as a child. Mm. And learned, like, ooh, bonding can be really, really anxious. Mm. And I don't really know where they're at. So I'm constantly questioning do they want to be in a relationship with me? Mm. Did was there something else behind what they just said? Are they mad at me? Are mm. they? And th- those thoughts that constantly go up and that's where for me that deep seated mindset of having to uproot this. And I mean y'all, I've been dealing with this stuff for literally over a decade of pulling up these different beliefs and mindsets about relationships with people, not even just romantic, but people, like mm-hmm. <laughs> family, friends, leaders, uh, romantic, all of it. Yeah. Just that relationships with people and bonding doesn't have to be filled with anxiety. It actually can be really easy and it actually can be a lot more smooth than I've ever experienced it. And that's good. Yeah, and there was just like a level of that this summer, like this year actually, twenty twenty, that got uprooted. Like and a large part of that was having a therapist. And actually being like, you know what, this area, I want to dive a little deeper Mm -hmm. and I need help doing that. I can't do that on my own. Like I actually need to take the steps, the investment to be like, Hey, I need help outside of myself. Like I know I'm a coach, but I'm not perfect. And I need to like actually have these things looked at from an outside perspective Mm -hmm. and poked at like, "Mm, what's that, you know, (laughs) and looked at so that I can actually start to shift and renew these areas of strongholds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so good. Something you said that brought a thought to mind was. It left. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, wait. Oh my gosh. See, yours will come back, but mine, once it's gone, if I don't catch
0: it now, it's gone. And this is where we have a to be continued moment. (laughs) To be continued moment. We'll come back when Ecclesia remembers her thoughts. (laughs) We'll be back
2: next week. (laughs) Uh, Hold on.
1: You were talking about. Okay, it's gone.
0: Okay. Well. Well. One thing I did want to ask about your story. So would you say if you outlined like the process that it took to become aware of this is how I feel when my husband leaves. Oh, I'm recognizing it's attached to this, this thing that I learned as a kid. Mm -hmm. Would you say your main process of breaking that thing was through identifying with your younger self, compassion, love? Like what would you say were some like practicals in that like period of time of walking this out that you did
1: I would say just those things you mentioned for sure. Um, definitely compassion. I think compassion is a weapon. Like mm-hmm. literally, I've found in my own life that when I have compassion on myself, I can do more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I am. I have more capacity to love others. Um, I went through this point maybe just before I got married where I was feeling very aware of my own messiness. I was like hyper aware to the (laughs) point where I was feeling loads of shame and guilt and these kinds of feelings that are terrible. And um, during that time, I just became super bogged down um, in like, dimmed a bit. I was quite a bit dimmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what those feelings do. You know, shame and guilt. Hate them. Hope they spend their lives in hell. <laughs> and <laughs> um, Sorry like for, you, you, for you Christians, but
0: <laughs> It's like you were talking about two people. I you know, know, shame and guilt. You know, they could just go to hell. <laughs> Listen, they are
1: just terrible. They ruin people's lives. So I hate them. But Anyways, I those those feelings and those that experience where mm-hmm. I just became super aware of my own ugh. Yeah, even though that was a terrible time, the next season of my life was was gaining compassion mm-hmm. for myself and for other people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that if I hadn't become aware of like, basically, I'd been humbled. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, you know, I spent 10 years as a believer at, or probably eight years as a, as a believer at that point. And I think I thought quite highly of myself. You know, I thought like, you know, I haven't had sex. You know, I haven't done the things, you know, as believers, we're like, we have our whole holy roller list. Mm-hmm. And I had so held this standard. For myself. Mm -hmm. For almost a decade. And then when I found myself. Failing at my own standard. Mm -hmm. This led me to. um, Deep. Compassion for myself. Now you know there were phases before. Where I was angry. You know I was like. F life. Like I was just not doing well. And my attitude was terrible. But I landed on due to my therapist, thank God. <laughs> I landed on I need compassion for myself mm-hmm. because what I've done consistently is judge myself. Yeah. And when I judge myself, I cut myself off from my healing. That's good. And so um all of that to say self-compassion for me, I will preach it to till the wheels fall off Mm -hmm. because it's been so transformative for me and it's also allowed me to experience God yeah because he's so compassionate he is so compassionate but I didn't realize that this God who I know you know we we sing it all the time God loves me praise the Lord all those things But we don't really believe it. I'm convinced. Like Mm -hmm. 90% of us, we don't believe it. We don't
0: actually get it. We ain't getting (laughs) it.
1: We ain't got it. We got it 10%. You know, maybe that. But when you really experience what it's like to be pardoned Mm -hmm. on the inside of yourself. Like to be not just pardoned, but then gifted goodness. Like gifted. um, You are, you're not only forgiven, you're wonderful. Yeah. You know, this is like transformative. Yeah. And then it empowers me to love other people and to not just love them. When I say love, I mean, accept. Yeah. I mean, like, understand. Um, and, and that for me has been like, I would say one of the most in the last five years. And that happened after Becca and I did a school of ministry together. hmm after we did school of ministry, which is a very transformative time, I'm sure, yeah. for both of us. But this was huge for me because I was so humbled. Mm-hmm. I was so like it was just transformative for me to realize that how valuable people are even in their mess. Yeah. And that so helped me in coaching, in relationships, in everything. Yeah. Even in my in my marriage, mm-hmm. because I mean John will tell you, like, I thought I was a better person than
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm the better half. <laughs> I, you know, I
1: seriously thought I was the better half. You know, I thought, you know, <laughs> this is who I am. I'm great, you know. Yeah. I was humbled, laid on my back and butt, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I felt. That humbling, Mm -hmm. it transforms you, you know? Even though... Oh, it does. Humbling is not pleasant. It is. Listen. (laughs) Lord Jesus. It is not pleasant. It was painful, Mm -hmm. you know? And it it took months. It was months of feelings and things happening. And then it just dawned on me, you know? Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah,
0: like, there was something you said about, like, that's so good. There's something you said about loving yourself and being able to accept yourself and then being able to love others and accept others. Um, It's, it's, this is such a familiar, like, scripture, but it's the whole, like, love your God um, Mm -hmm. and then love others as you love yourself. Right. And we, like, kind of just breeze over it, you know? And, but I'm like, you know, the prerequisite to loving other people is loving yourself. That's right. Like you literally cannot Cannot. love and it's, and we can replace that word love with multiple things. We can replace it with compassion. We can replace it with empathy. We can replace it with forgiveness. We can replace it with so many different things. If you do not do that for you, you you do do not have the capacity. Like you actually don't even have the capacity. The, the, the gas tank ain't even there.
2: Right, at all. (laughs) Like the tank's not even there. Right.
0: But when you do that for yourself, it's almost like you get installed a new gas tank. And you actually have the capacity to do this for other people. Yeah. Because it was like that same thing. I remember a season of my own life being humbled and having to give myself so much compassion. Mm. And it's like now I'm like, wow, I like I can look at who Becca was in my early 20s. And then who she is now in her early thirties. And I'm like, I have so much more compassion for people. Like, and a lot of times I'm like, I don't actually even understand why like you're telling me this. And I'm just like, Oh wow. I just want to sit with you. Mm -hmm. And, but in my early twenties, it would be like, Oh wow. Like, I can't believe you're doing that. Like, Oh my gosh. Like just so much judgment.
2: judgment. And
0: I'm like, that's, like it's actually like I can look at even myself and be like wow Becca you've grown like Mm -hmm. you've actually been able to accept a lot about yourself which it's showing in what you're able to accept with other people and the and the vulnerability and openness that people feel with you is like it's come because you're like oh I'm actually going to accept myself I'm going to accept where I'm at what I've been through you Mm -hmm. know and actually be able to allow myself to just be
1: yes so good, Becca.
0: So for people who might not know mm-hmm. what compassion looks like, what did that practically look like for you? What did showing compassion for yourself practically look like?
1: That's really good. For me, it looked like talking a lot to myself. Okay. Um, so it would be like, you know, I get triggered. Um, I remember one time I was in um we were in Vegas, my husband and I, we were there visiting my grandmother it was her 80th birthday mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: um, I when I went I was like PMS bad attitude yeah. like poor John <laughs> and <laughs> and literally one night um, we were talking and he was just basically calling me out for my attitude. And he said something that he doesn't mean, and y'all don't need to throw stones. He's human. Um, but he was like, I'm not gonna let I'm not going to let you ruin this trip for me. And ooh, honey, boo boo child. Your girl was triggered. I was so dang triggered. I I'd already felt bad and was judging myself for how I was acting. -hmm. You know, I Mm -hmm. was already like, Ecclesia, like, shame, -hmm. shaking my head at myself. And so when he said that, it just solidified that what I was feeling about myself was true. Mm. And then from there, once he said it, I just remember getting so overwhelmed with, You're not lovable. You're not lovable. You are not lovable. And I don't know why he with you. Like all these yeah. feelings and thoughts. Mm-hmm. Triggered. Very triggered. Crying like yeah, I'm real triggered. And having thoughts like I'm about to show him what a... <laughs> he think the trip <laughs> is ruined. He about to see what a bad trip is. <laughs> and I just felt in my heart... I, I, I'm going to call it God was like do you want to continue this pattern and I was just like right now I do because he shouldn't have said that you know mm-hmm. like I felt justified yeah. anger and the, the part of me that wants a healthy relationship and yeah. marriage was just like come on come away you need a moment I literally right in the moment pulled out my phone to journal Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and to tell God and everybody else I'm pissed. And I journaled it out like completely like John's still sitting there. We mid-conversation. I'm like, "Mm." pause (laughs) right there because if I say another word, it's not going to be nice. And I journal right there through tears and frustration and judgment And I'm literally typing like that angry typing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm typing and I'm just getting it out, you know? Yeah. And then um I just felt like God was like, Ecclesia, you're still lovely. Like you're still amazing. And right now, I want you to have compassion on yourself. Mm-hmm. So I want you to talk to this little girl who's popping up right now to force herself to be lovable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. So I write to myself, and I'm just like, Alicia, you're lovable. And I'm like, you know, yeah. writing it all out, going into detail, and giving myself grace and saying, it's been a hard week. Like you started your period, you know, that's hard. (laughs) You, you, you've had, you had a flight, Mm -hmm. you know, while on your period, like these are things that are, should take into account. Like, yeah, give yourself some grace. And, um, I also had to write about the character of my husband. Like, because in that moment I felt like, why would he say that? Yeah. But then I felt like God said, but you know his history. Like, let's go back to who he is. He's never been that. Because in that moment, it triggered me to someone else from the past, right? Yeah. Triggered me to, oh, you, 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 him. You, him from back in the day, you know? <laughs> oh, you going <laughs> to. And the Lord's like, no, that's not who he is, yeah. you know? And so, practically, mm-hmm. That was one of the moments where it my feelings, my emotions were so intense, I couldn't even finish the conversation.
2: Yeah,
1: um, and I still think that's one of my proudest moments of my for myself
2: Hmm.
1: because it meant I'm learning how to deal with life, I'm learning how to, um, I'm learning how to have systems in my life that work for me. Yeah, I'm learning that. When I get overwhelmed that I still have a place to go, that I'm safe and that I can um, step away
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and journal. And my husband's understanding, Mm because I mean, at that point he knew he had, he had messed it up right there. And so, (laughs) but even, even aside from that, he just knew like, I'm going to give you that space Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that's one of my proudest practical moments of like, you know what? I'm in a lot of pain and I don't want to hurt anyone else. I'm going to, I'm going to go away and really going away meant like putting a cover over my head and pulling out my phone mm-hmm. and seven settle- and breathing. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like needing to calm myself down. I yeah. was so hot. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's what I would say. That's definitely my, one of my proudest moments, but also just a super practical, like, I need to process this right now Yeah. or else I'm going to blow up, Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: No, that's so good because <clears throat> for me, it's, it's similar. Like a lot of times for me, compassion looks like just pausing and allowing myself to pause Yeah. Um, and not being in the space where I actually have to keep pushing through yeah um and i for me is a three (laughs) like it It is three yeah it is very easy to like just power through and just to be like no it's fine i'm gonna keep going like i got things to do you know and just keep (laughs) going but like compassion looks like being like hey becca you're not doing well how about we take five minutes how about we just 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 five just five like that alone can shift my entire day
2: Mm -hmm.
0: When I'm triggered or when I it's something's off Mm -hmm. and yeah, I think and I actually pull out my phone too (laughs) And I journal and I just start writing everything out. Okay. What's going through my mind? What's happening? Like what am I feeling all that stuff? Mm -hmm. That's really good. Yeah
1: seriously that trick there I mean usually i'm like Where I felt in the past I needed to grow is doing it sooner yeah, cuz sometimes we let it compound and it's like now you didn't have five triggers. It's been <laughs> it's been 10 days and you didn't have five triggers and now you get to the you don't paper, even know you what can't the original what you triggered. triggered about. <laughs> so you missed the opportunity, you know? And now you got to wait till the next time to get over that,
0: you know? I <laughs> like <laughs> so hard because we understand this so much. Were you like, you know, if you just would have stopped three days ago, <laughs> you would have been able to get past this probably in like ten minutes. Yep. But now you just kept powering through, no, nah, it's fine, I'm just gonna keep going. And then now I'm like, I don't even remember what what was wrong.
1: We've all been guilty, child. Because this is <laughs> that's a real thing. And so that's why I said I'm proud because I had a system in place and I went to my system yeah. instead of trying to be big about it and being like, yeah. well, you know, yeah. or, or giving into right right then and there. The temptation was to be who, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be a, a not nice woman. Yes. That, that's what I'll call it. Yeah. Um Because yeah that was the temptation but the fact that I chose the hard road yeah which is hard in yeah. those moments when you're overwhelmed or for me that was a huge trigger mm-hmm. but usually a lot of triggers are small mm-hmm. you know the man cuts you off and
0: mm. them car road <laughs> triggers man oh y'all <laughs> that's the moment I'm like oh a different Becca just came out <laughs> Like Lord Jesus, you that was yourself. that was Becca before she knew Jesus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
0: Lord Jesus.
1: Yes, girl. But I find that when the in the car triggers for me, they communicate to me something about my who I am. <laughs> like the man cut me off and then stared me down like I did something wrong, mm-hmm. and then moved forward. Now I'm left feeling like, dang, is everything wrong? Like, <laughs> did I do it right? And I literally have to process those yeah. little moments that feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Shouldn't be nothing. The it man feels so did it. small, but you're like, why do I feel like there's so much energy behind what just happened right now? Like, exactly. I can feel the intensity. And you're like, uh, that was exactly. so small. And then I have to say, Ecclesia. <laughs> yeah i think what's coming out in this is like there when you're coming across like deep-seated mindsets or just mindsets in general or triggers i mean mindsets a lot of times come from triggers and trauma all this stuff but when you're coming across this stuff having a system in place having yes, a which we gonna talk about <laughs> a formula <laughs> Having something that actually helps you in that moment of being triggered and in that moment when, you know, that mindset pops up and you're like, ooh, I am spiraling and you're like, "What? what's happening right now? Having something that you can pull on because if not, man, if you ain't got no tools in that space, that's when... You get things toxic just, behavior. Toxic behavior. Things just get worse. You start going down this path where you're like... And you're almost like telling yourself, like, what are you doing? And you can... And when that's happening, when there's a part of you that's actually like, what is happening? What are you doing? And there's another part of you that's just like hammering through.
2: Yeah.
0: There's two different people right there operating there's a little child version of you and then there's an adult version of you and the adult version is like stop <laughs> don't do it and the child version like ah basically having a tantrum and yeah. so those moments when you're you're almost questioning your mind like what are you doing why are you saying this why are you still going stop That is the adult version of you actually trying to stop yourself from creating a really, really bad situation.
1: Yep, 100%.
0: Yeah, so having tools, that was actually something we wanted to talk about was like mindset spiraling, which I think we kind of already hit on a little bit but is there anything else that you want to say about being in those moments where you're triggered and you almost yeah you basically Mm -hmm. just start spiraling I've had so many of those but you just like start spiraling and you're like getting worse and worse and worse and worse but you're watching yourself get worse and worse you're like seeing it happen (laughs) you're like oh no Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) I think the key is once you become aware like Mm -hmm. it's huge once you realize most of your you know, not so pretty behavior is triggered. Yeah. And you're triggered because of your past. Mm -hmm. When you realize that, then you can start to pay attention to your body. What's happening with you? You know what? He said something that made me upset. And now everything in me is like wants to fight. Fight. Yeah. So then, okay. If you actually know that and you become aware of that, that's huge because then you can say, Hey, oh you want to fight you know what i think you're triggered why don't you go take a walk
0: this is so good it's so simple but this is so good (laughs) like yes i feel like awareness that that is step one huge step one is becoming aware and most of the time the only reason why we're like on these spirals for so long for days. I remember I used to be on spirals for months. Mm
2: -hmm. Like
0: in my early twenties, I would have like months of like just disconnection, Mm -hmm. like not knowing what's happening inside of me. Mm -hmm. And then it's gotten to the point to where I can have something trigger me and not every time, but I can in a moment, like literally in a couple minutes, like, okay, Hey, what's going on? Oh, okay. That's what's going on. Oh, and then like walk myself through that process of yeah. being like, "Hey, we're okay, mm-hmm. we're safe, we're you know. Good. You, you, you're free, mm-hmm. you're not stuck, you mm-hmm. know." And then get back to my normal life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But that literally comes with a lot of awareness and a lot of looking at okay, what is actually going on. As she said, being aware of what's happening even in your body mm-hmm. is really, really helpful. So helpful.
1: Yeah, and then, I mean, every time I meet with my therapist, she points out a new trigger to me. I'm just telling her <laughs> about my day. <laughs> and she's like, she's you like, triggered. She's like hmm, sounds like you were triggered. And I'm <laughs> like, you know what? And it could be the simplest yeah. thing. For me, a huge one was working. Yeah. I didn't realize that I didn't know how to work without feeling forced. Wow. And that literally every time I was working, I felt forced.
2: Hmm.
1: But I had to feel that way in order to work.
2: Crazy. Wow.
1: Listen, paying attention to your whys behind,
2: mm-hmm.
1: paying attention to what's wh- what are you feeling? Like like Becca said, I said as well. In your body, mm-hmm. it set. Thoughts. It changes the game. Thoughts, for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, sometimes when I'm journaling, I will just write out what are all the thoughts that are going through my mind right now, and sometimes it's random stuff, It doesn't even mean anything, But I'm writing out all these different thoughts, but I will start to see as I'm writing the list, ooh, there's a lot of energy on that one. There's a lot of like surge (laughs) on that thought. (laughs) There must be something there. And then that's when I go on the process of being like, okay, why am I thinking that? What's actually going on? What am I feeling? All that stuff. But yeah, paying attention to thoughts, your feelings in your body, your emotions. um, Even like, I'm trying to think, There's like a couple other, your senses is actually a really helpful tool so that you're aware of what's going on. So what you're seeing, what you're tasting, getting yourself back to being stable by actually using those things to get you back to a place of, okay, what's going on? What's Mm -hmm. happening in my body? All Mm -hmm. of those questions are so helpful. Mm
1: -hmm. so good.
0: So, okay. One thing that we want to walk you guys through and leave you guys with, I feel like we talked about so much um, but we want to walk through a formula, creating a formula for thriving. So this is to help you with identifying these deep seated mindsets and mainly to get you out of them, to start to break them, to start to actually come to a place where they're no longer the stronghold and they're no longer this thing that is actually influencing your decision-making, how you do relationships, how you manage your money, all that kinds of stuff. So we want to talk a little bit about what our formula for thriving is and we don't have like the specific, like for me, I just have these things that I know I can do that will help me get out of that, that keep me in a place of remaining in peace, remaining Mm -hmm. attached to hope, um, remaining in a positive mindset, all of that stuff. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and I'll have Ecclesia share what hers is. Yeah. Let's do it. Chicago.
1: Um, so for me in my formula for thriving is definitely journaling. I mm-hmm. need to journal yeah. um, at least once a week at yeah. least but I try to do it at least two to three times a week because I find that the more I journal, the better my mental clarity is um, mm-hmm. similar to what Becca was saying like when you just let your thoughts get out on the paper there's something about that that really brings clarity and peace um i find even when i write something down it's like it could be the worst thing ever but it's like i write it down and it's like okay it's out yeah you know what i mean so i would say journaling is huge huge um for me now everybody's not a journaler god bless I would recommend trying it if you never have, though. Yeah. Because I've found that a lot of people who say they're not journalers, they haven't really tried it. Yeah. So I or would. Or they've say, tried it a couple times. Or they've tried it once or twice, and it's like, well, you've we got to give it a little more than that to see if it'll work for you. Mm-hmm. I'd also recommending. I would also recommend voice journaling because a lot, um, some people need to speak it out. Mm-hmm. For me, I prefer writing, but voice journaling is an option or an alternative to that. Yeah. And, um, I would also say in this season of my life, taking walks is huge. Like I, I get out and I just walk around my neighborhood mm-hmm. and I come back and I'm like, hmm. I feel like even though most times there's nothing wrong before, I just feel more productive. I feel more focused. Mm-hmm. I, I try to do it in the morning before I start my work. And it just feels helpful. It's nice to get some breeze on your skin, some vitamin D, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And yes,
0: black people, we need vitamin D. We do need vitamin D. <laughs> Educate the people.
1: <laughs> um, and then I would also say um, practicing Sharing my feelings. Mm, that's good. And for me, that's my husband. So, like, actually, I I notice that oftentimes he'll he'll come and he'll be like, "Babe, tell me how was your day," and I'm like, "Good," and he's like, "Can you tell me more?" And I'm like, I realize I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to go there in my heart. Yeah. If that makes sense. And mm-hmm. it's not that I'm hiding anything, um, but something in me, which I think it's more of, um, emotional capacity. Again, this is a nine thing. Like there's something about like, when I talk about the depths of my heart, it takes an emotional capacity that I don't want to go to when I don't feel like it. And I actually think it's good to say, you know what? I'm not in a place where I want to talk right now about it much more deeper than this, but let's talk later. Yeah. It's totally okay to say that to someone because you're the protector of your own heart. You know, Mm -hmm. you get to, you get to decide. And so for me, that's very important that I have the choice to say, you know, this is, I want to share right now or I don't want to share right now. And then for my husband and I, I found that when he gives me the space to choose, he gets more out of me, mm-hmm. you know you can get you get to know my heart a little bit more, um so yeah, sharing my heart like taking a few minutes and just talking to my husband and be like, these are all the feelings I'm feeling, yeah, this is what I'm learning like we'll have those conversations, and those are really good for me,
0: yeah,
1: I would also say my other formula for thriving would be probably eating and sleeping. I know this is basic. I know we all do yeah. it, but I need a bit more sleep typically than the average person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's the nine thing. I don't know what it is, but I typically could go for nine to 10 hours. Yeah. Like I'm like a big sleeper. <laughs> um, and so I kind of vacillate between having, telling myself, actually, Ecclesia, you only need seven.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. I can get a little bit too, um I hoard my, my sleeping hours. I'm yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> Nobody going touch those. <laughs> and it's like, actually, you can get up earlier. You're yeah. fine. And so I have to actually tell myself, mm-hmm. I can get up technically if I. If I get up after five hours of sleep, I can do fine. Yeah. So Ecclesia, calm down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I still recommend getting what you need. Yeah. Um, and not skimping on that because sleep is huge, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then eating the best that I can. This is a journey that I'm still on is like figuring out what's the food that works for me. Yeah. Um, and some people that that journey, you can man. eat meat. Oh, seriously, some people can eat meat. Some people can't. Some people can eat dairy or have dairy, some people can't. And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out, you yeah. know. <laughs> so I'm a little bit experimenting on what gives me the most energy, mm-hmm. what what drains me. Yeah. Heavier foods tend to make me like a sack of potatoes, mm-hmm. you know. So I wanna find you wanna find those things out so you can know what works for you. Yeah. What what gives you a good day. Yeah. Um and then I also do miracle morning. Which I know Becca loves.
0: Miracle Morning Crew, man.
1: (laughs) Which I just started in the last few weeks. I read the book. I think it was your recommendation, actually.
0: I mean, y'all, I'm just going to tag this in there (laughs) real quick um this is not affiliate marketing um no but seriously there is something about and even if you're not waking up at five like i don't even do it at five in the morning anymore but like just doing some kind of routine in the morning is so helpful so read that book i'm not saying y'all have to get up at five just read it and some of those little like tools that he talks about they really do change your life
1: they do yeah we my husband and i've been doing it my husband's like He's, he, everything he does, he does on chill. So we were vegan, (laughs) we were going vegan. He's like, I'm vegan-ish. Like he's so, he's so like, (laughs) yeah, I'm trying it, but I ain't fully there. But he did it a couple days and he was like, actually, I felt a lot better. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's right. So trying to get him into it a bit more. But I found that taking like two hours in the morning, because I was trying to like, Cause I'm a recent entrepreneur. I was like, well, I need to get up at eight and I need to, you know, get my work done. It was like, actually, I actually need to learn how to fix my day in a way that works for me. And I am not a morning person. So in the mornings, I need to take that time to gather myself. Yeah. And then I'll start my day at 10, you know, because that works. That works a lot. I feel good. Yeah. And that, those are my prime hours from 10 to five. Mm -hmm. Um, anyways, or 10 to six. So you just, for me, I'm always experimenting and learning. Even that uh, Miracle Morning was uh, from Becca. Like she recommended that to us. I don't know, a while back you, you recommended a ton of books to us Mm -hmm. and I finally got around to it and I'm like, Yeah, this is great. Like, even if you... In the book, they talk about you don't even have to do it in the morning. If your lifestyle doesn't permit, take an hour in the middle of the day and do it if that's what works for you, so... I love that. Mm-hmm. Miracle Morning, honestly, if you add that to your life, you probably good. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna thrive everything. You're gonna thrive because <laughs> it just it so sets you up yeah. where you're getting your mental together, you're getting your physical together, and you're ready to take on it. It's the like day. that
0: full body alignment. Alignment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much me. I'm sure there's more things that I've had over the years that I've kind of put in and out yeah. of my um thriving routine. Um uh, but yeah, those are the ones I'm into right now. What about That's you?
0: That's good. Tell um us. well, one thing I want to say about when you're saying your your thriving hours are like from 10 to 6, I think it's interesting because I was just having this conversation with one of my clients. Oh. She like and, and I'm sure I ain't saying any names. You don't even know who I'm talking about, but she actually had a lot of conflict with the idea of creating her own business. And it was like a lot of resistance towards it. Like, I don't know why, but I feel this resistance towards building this thing. It feels a little bit scary. So when we actually went through the whole process and the, the trigger that was coming up and we got down to the bottom of it of like, Oh, creating something for you, building something for you looks like being trapped looks mm. like being stuck in this system that actually everyone is telling you it's supposed to look like, but it doesn't work for the kind of person that you are. Like, mm. and so literally we went through this whole like healing session of her just even recognizing and, you know, letting out in tears. Tears are so good. Um, but just Let recognizing like, um. Oh, like I can create something that works for me. And I'm like, yeah, Powerful. like, you get to create a system that fits you, not that you fit in. Mm. That, that is the beauty of entrepreneurship. That's why I love entrepreneurship so much because you're creating something. You're not coming to a job saying, hey, do I fit with you? Hmm. Can, I, can I give you my resume and my cover letter and like you can see where I fit? But you're actually creating something where you're like, no, this was made to fit me.
2: Mm.
1: You preaching out now. Listen, so, y'all don't
0: have y'all pen and paper.
1: <laughs> you better, you better get that and write that down.
0: <laughs> but like that is like the, isn't that so like you get to create that. You don't have somebody telling you, no, you have to be up at eight. You have to come in at this time. We weren't, we weren't made to do that. Like, uh, that's a whole nother conversation. But anyways, um, so I love that you said that because I think it is so important creating something that works for you, creating something that is going to help you thrive. That's why this is your formula for thriving. It's no one else's formula. It's yours. That's so so no one can judge your formula. No one can tell you, oh, well, you have to have this in there. Or you should be doing this. There are no shoulds here. You you get to create what works for you and is going to help you thrive. So Come on, um, preach it. So for me, um, (laughs) so yeah, for me, I would say there's a lot of things you, you said actually that are, are part of mine. Um, journaling very, very, very important. I have to journal every day. Like it just, it has to happen because I constantly, I have a mind that is constantly running um, I am an ideator, so I'm constantly having these things going through my mind. So if I don't journal, I'm
2: it's, overwhelmed, I'm I'm sure. overwhelmed
0: yeah. and it's hard for me to focus on what's in front of me. So I literally am at all times. I have my phone available. And even when I'm in coaching sessions, I have a notepad next to me. And even when I'm coaching someone, if something comes to my mind, I have to write it down because I will keep focusing on it. So I have to actually be like, Oh, I'm focused on this person, but I have to write this down. This idea just came to me.
2: Mm. And
0: because that's just how my mind works. So journaling is a huge part of what helps me thrive. Um, I would say, yeah, having a morning routine, being able to connect with myself in the morning um, and connect with the Lord. So I try to have at least like an hour, hour and a half in the morning to do things like meditate, I have like a different, like I have a devotional that I listen to. It's it's not even like a, a Christian devotional, but it's specifically for people who are highly sensitive mm-hmm. and just helping with like self care and all that stuff. And like focusing on what are you going to set your intention for for, for today. Um, doing things like affirmations, journaling, reading my Bible.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: these are some of the things that I do in the morning that just kind of get my mind focused on. Who am I going to show up as today? And what, like, it's almost like when you do that, I've noticed for me, when I have a morning routine and when I'm actually doing it, I have control of my day. And it's not that I am i have control of all the outcomes or I have control of every little thing that happens, but it's yep. almost like I'm in an empowered state. I'm in a place where I'm actually not letting life happen to me, but so I'm woke actually... Woke up and happened to life. So yeah, I'm, I'm like, like getting to create what this day gets to look like. So, yep, so that yeah. is something for me that is really important and I can recognize when I don't do it, the differences of my day. Mm-hmm. It feels like I'm just... running, running, running. (laughs) And honestly, I feel like a slave to my calendar. That's usually what happens when I don't do my morning routine is that's good is it's almost like my calendar has control of me. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say another, another thing is, Oh, exercise. Oh my Lord. That is so important. (laughs) (laughs) I am, I have lots of energy. Mm -hmm. I'm very much an extrovert um and but it's also which I'll say is another part of my formula but um I have to get my energy out so working out for me it 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 like turns this internal dial up and I'm like, and I just have this like strength that I'm able to like take on the world. It's, I don't know. It's weird, but I leave working out and I just feel like a different person. I'm like, I can do anything.
1: Yes. <laughs> do you work out in your morning routine or do you work out later in the day?
0: It, it depends. Um, so depending on if I'm like doing a yoga class or if I'm doing like a, I love doing hit classes. I, because again, I've, I'm very aware of how my brain works, because of how my mind works. When I actually can go into a class and have someone else think for me in that space and think of a routine for me, it actually allows for me to not have my thoughts going in that time. Like I don't have you to just use get to follow. You don't I don't have, have to... yeah. I don't have to use my creative capacity in that moment. Mm. I actually get to just think about other things. This is
1: so good.
0: <laughs> I'm like. Yeah, I need to take this for myself. So,
1: with that being said, when you do it, like, let's say you do it in the evening, Mm -hmm. do you find that it distracts you at all if you have more work to do?
0: Um, it doesn't. Like, there's something about, like, I'm able to disconnect. This has also been a really, really big, um system for thriving or a formula for thriving is actually having boundaries with my work because yeah in the in the beginning when I first started my business like six years ago I worked at all times like literally it didn't matter when an email came in I responded to it because it was also coming from this place of I want to build my business you know and I want to
2: I want to grow yeah I gotta make money I gotta grow
0: I I don't want to like let the clients get away you know and like all that stuff (laughs) but I've come to a point now where I'm like yeah, I'll respond to that on Monday. Like, mm. I'm not going to respond right now. Um, and so having boundaries where I actually am cutting off, like, I'm done working at 6. So if I know I'm done working at 6 and I have a yoga class at 6.30, I'm actually, like,
2: You're done. I'm done.
0: I've, like, I've, I've wiped my hands. I've closed my computer. The
2: work is and done for today.
0: I'm going to go do my thing. Now, one thing I do like about, like, especially yoga, um, I come up with so many ideas during yoga. I don't know and I think it's I've because that. yeah, I think it's because I'm not having to focus on creating a routine. I'm just getting to follow. So something about me following, oh my gosh, my mind just like goes and I I will start getting ideas for a podcast, for books, for content for i mean so many different things where i'm like ooh, i want to do that i want to do that and then every time i come from my yoga class i literally before i even drive home i sit and i open a note and i write out all the things that came to me in that class
2: wow that's really cool
0: so it's like it's so cool to like like and i i do like you know running on the treadmill and you know, lifting weights and stuff like that. But a lot of my, a lot of times I've just recognize it's better for me mm-hmm. if I actually let someone else do the thinking in that space. Mm-hmm. So I've learned the areas. I've had to learn the areas. Where do I want my energy to go?
1: That's so good. And
0: so in this space, it's like, yeah, I can create a routine. I used to work at a gym. Like I literally know how to create my own routines, but I'm like, why am I going to use my energy there when I can let somebody else do it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I can save my energy for things that I know I really want to direct it towards.
1: Amazing.
0: So I would say that's part of my formula for thriving, being aware of my energy. I have to be very, very aware of my energy um, because I am, there's a lot of different things as far as like I was able to understand how much energy do I have in a day, where do I want to direct it towards. Mm -hmm. If I want to direct it towards my work, then I have to remove it from other areas. I have to remove it from specific things. So yeah. So that and then I would say oh, this is also part of energy, but actually having alone time. So almost every single day I need a moment and it's separate from my morning time. Hmm. Like after I've already now given out all of this energy, I need time to Come back to yourself. Come back. Because I am, I don't know if you know what human design is, but I am a uh, projector, which basically means I take energy from being around people. So Mm -hmm. I I actually absorb. That's also part of like being a highly sensitive person. I absorb a lot of people's energy. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I almost have to come back to, okay, where am I at? Mm Mm-hmm. All day today, I've been coaching people. I've been having conversations. I've been at the gym. So I've been absorbing all of this energy. And mm-hmm. now I have to like almost like release it mm-hmm. and come back to, oh. It's me. It's me. Mm-hmm. And this is like my constant mm-hmm. is peace and hope. And whatever I picked up today, I get to release that. Mm. So, That's yeah. Really good. Yeah. Let's and then like it. basic things like. Mm -hmm. uh being outdoors I love going on walks Mm
2: -hmm. the
0: eating thing Mm -hmm. sleeping I mean that stuff is just so important but it's the thing that we can just so easily let go yeah drinking water oh my gosh drinking water I can feel the difference when I drink water (laughs) like enough water in the day when to when I don't Mm -hmm. so this is something that even as me and Ecclesia were talking about, we were, we were wanting to help people be able to start identifying what are my things that I need to help me thrive, to remain in a positive mindset. And what are even like non-negotiables? Because there's certain Mm -hmm. things that we can almost let slide a few times and we'll be fine. But then there's certain things it's like, this is a non-negotiable. You cannot let this slide because you know that if you do, mm-hmm. you will be off center. Mm-hmm. You won't actually be able to be in a place of peace or in a place of hope and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So recognizing what are your non-negotiables? That's good. What is what is important to you that's going to keep you in a place of a positive mindset?
1: Yeah. I think non-negotiables for me would be, I need encouragement. In like, um, positive voices. So, mm-hmm. like, now I'm constantly listening to a book that is encouraging me in some way. Um, and so, I think for me, it's important to... That's, like, a not... Like, I find that if I miss this, I'm, like, down in the dumps. Like, <laughs> woe is me. <laughs> and I'm like yeah I can't I know doing what I do every day I can't afford to like my job is to encourage people yeah you know to to believe more for them than they can believe in themselves Mm -hmm. and so if that be true I have to come powerful I have to come encouraged I have to come ready to give something yeah so with that being said yeah I think it's important to always like pay attention. I think I heard you say this on one of your podcasts um other one of the other episodes but for sure you need to pay attention with what goes into you yeah visually yeah. and audio wise like mm-hmm. you need to like if you're gonna have things going inside of your brain, why not choose things that are going to bless your brain that yeah. are gonna bless your body that's gonna bless your spirit. Mm-hmm. So for me, I I do my best to really find books, podcasts, um, videos, mm-hmm. YouTubes that are going to encourage me. Yeah. That are going to help me to remember who I am and yeah. why I'm alive and how I impact people. I need That's to good. hear these things over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. so I, I try to keep a system for that. I also say a non-negotiable would be journaling. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things where I'm like, I need that. I definitely need that. Um, yeah. And then of course, eating and sleeping, like, I mean, when I'm not doing those things, well, those, these past four things, well, I'm not doing well.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah.
1: I'm really not doing well. Um,
0: yeah. It's almost like it's helpful to know, like I know if I'm skipping meals, skipping, drinking water, not working out, not mm-hmm. journaling. I'm like, something's wrong. That's also another indicator for me that something's off and I'm avoiding something. Or <laughs> just, I'm like, okay, Becca, what's going on? Because yeah. you you haven't eaten today. You haven't drank your water. You haven't even journaled. You haven't stopped and paused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. That's That's a good point. Like, you can, when you establish a routine mm-hmm. and you find yourself not doing it, you have to ask yourself why. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I would say this is another great tool is asking yourself why. Like yeah. just <laughs> stop and be like, Why? <laughs> Seriously, because you, you find out so much about yourself. Like yeah. okay, Ecclesia, why why did you say it like that? Like, ooh, I'm a little bit a little bit mad right now. I'm a little bit irritated. Yeah. It's like, okay, why are you irritated? You know what? I don't know. Let me think. I'm irritated because oh you know what earlier in the store the lady the way she handed me the change it <laughs> irritated me like if you actually begin to take account of yourself yeah and being a, you know we talked about this being aware of yourself what's happening with me yeah oh world and when i'm not aware of myself it's a sign as well
0: it <laughs> it's is a, a sign huge sign I'm like, Um, oh, I don't know what's going on. I literally am not aware of, even not even being aware of what day it is. (laughs) I'm serious, man. This is so simple, but I'm like, okay. Becca, Becca." I'm sorry, but this is just you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wait. Oh, it's Friday. Wow. Okay. I need to stop and take a moment. (laughs)
2: Oh my God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, okay. You guys, I, I'm going to wrap this up. So figuring out what is your formula for thriving? What are your non-negotiables? Like Ecclesia said, she has a couple non-negotiables. I definitely have some non-negotiables. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't go a day without this. Mm -hmm. Um, one of them is interaction with people. I do know that I need that on a daily basis. Um, I know that it it just, it feeds me. So that's good. Yeah. And so just being aware of what do you need um, and compassion when it comes to those deep seated mindsets, lots and lots and lots of compassion. Is there anything else that you would want to leave with people before we wrap up? You're
1: doing so well. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You got this. Um, The fact that you're listening to this podcast it just goes to show that this is a value for you. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just hope you feel encouraged and that you walk away with some things that make you feel like you have something tangible to grab on mm-hmm. um, And we're all in this together. Yeah. We are all figuring things out. We're all learning what works for Becca may not work for me,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know? So that's why um, I hope that all of you come up with a customized what works for you. Yeah. What do you need to have a good day? Yeah. You know, to simplify it. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks Becca for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming yeah, this on. This was so fun. Nice. <laughs> I felt like it was great. Yeah. It was great.
0: Yeah. I know. I love just like talking to you and just, Yeah, we just went off on tangents of random things, but I loved it.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, I will catch you next week and have a lovely day. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening in on today's show. I'd love to further connect with you. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Rebecca Danny on Twitter at the Rebecca Danny and check out my website. Uh, it's www.therdco.com. Thank you again. Feel free to like, share, subscribe, show your girl some love, and I will catch you real soon.